Have you heard about Glory Apparel? They are a quality clothing line with a mission. They are family owned and operated right here in the great Pacific Northwest. In fact, I'm wearing my Glory Apparel products right now and I love it. The printing and stitching is top quality. The comfort cannot be beat and it is not faded after many washes and many rough days on the job site. Glory Apparel is a brand with a grand mission to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ, to provide nations of the world with clean water and resources and critical infrastructure, impact local communities in the United States through outreaches that share the hope of the gospel and the demonstration of the love of Jesus to care packages to our homeless population and aid in the battle to fight sex trafficking and help its victims recover. And I don't know about you, but that's a brand I want to get behind. So order your Glory Apparel today, www.gloryapparelmissions.com. Again, www.gloryapparelmissions.com. The link will be in the show notes. Get your Glory Apparel today. Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast. You have tuned in to our weekly book review. We believe at the Courageous Truth Podcast, we need to arm ourselves with the truth of God's word as we navigate culture and secular society. We pray this review will inspire you to dive into this book and prayerfully consider the author's content. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast as we continue to be courageous with the truth. Welcome, everyone, to the Courageous Truth Podcast. I am your host, Eric Lumberg. I am so glad that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me today. This is our weekly book review that I am very excited to share with you. I have a great book, Why Social Justice is Not Biblical Justice. But before we get into the review, I want to read a quote from a man named Tim Elmore, one of my favorite authors and Uh, Just a fantastic leader and a fantastic leadership articulator. This is a quote that he makes in his book, Marching Off the Map. It says, reading matures us because most of us cannot read, digest, and critically think quickly. Reading forces us to slow down and think. It pushes us to evaluate. And I think that that's so important. That's why I'm doing these weekly book reviews. I do not have a YouTube video this week. I may not have it for a while. They were just experiments to see if I would in fact like that platform and I did like it, but I think I need a better set. So I will just stick to the audio podcasts for now. But I want to talk about this book because I think it seems to be a topic that keeps coming up over and over, and it's almost like a mysterious topic, the idea of social justice. And a lot of people, oh, social justice, biblical justice, what's the difference? Isn't God a God of justice? And we're seeing a lot of Christians and churches adapt this kind of ideology. And I think it's so important that we have a proper view of what justice is. And the book does a great job of breaking this down. It is by Credo House Publishers, by Scott David Allen. I have no rights to the books. All right goes to the publisher and the author. But he writes an amazing book, an articulate book, a beautifully crafted book that brings nothing but clarity to these what initially seems like confusing topics, but in the end, they are quite different topics. 
they're quite different. The idea of biblical justice versus social justice. The book opens up with this idea of biblical justice versus social justice and some of the clashes the author has encountered and noticed in his time growing up and being a part of local churches. And he really shares his heart cry and his passion to uncover and protect true justice. And he supports his passion. He supports his passion as a true biblical theme. Now, the first chapter begins to kind of slowly uncover how justice in secular society is taking a hold, taking a whole new meaning, building a new ideology. He really just kind of slowly begins to walk through that, how it's slowly beginning to pop up in different parts of culture, different parts of society, different parts of the educational realm, and and just kind of slowly eases the reader into maybe some complex ideas. It depends on how well versed you are in this kind of uh, ideological debate. Now, over the next three chapters, and I'm going to read the table of contents at the end so you know exactly what you're getting into. Over the next three chapters, the author begins to teach and teach well about biblical justice and how it is a part of God's character. God designed justice, and you see that all throughout Scripture. But then he begins to uncover how many of How many Christians, mainly evangelicals, have completely perverted it and, in fact, removed God from justice altogether? And you can just really sense his heart beginning to break. There isn't anger behind the words, but there is heartbreak behind the words. As always, we can find, and the author, Scott David Allen, does a great job of showing us how Marxist principles have weaved their way. That pesky Marx, Karl Marx, he's always in the mix of all these ideological problems. I don't know how he keeps surfacing, but people keep getting seduced and attracted to it. And the author does a great job of just reminding us who Karl Marx was, what he thought, and how he worked his ideas a hundred years later, into social justice. And this grand departure from true biblical justice. Now the book begins to hit his stride. Now the book begins to hit its stride in chapter 5 when the author begins to discuss side-by-side comparisons of biblical versus social justice. This is an unbelievable chart. It needs to be on the walls of every church pastor, church leader, every community leader, so they can understand the difference between social and biblical justice. What a great chart. Really breaks it down. I don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to spoil it for all of you because I know you're going to go out and get the book with the link in the show notes. Now, the core tenets of social justice and in many ways attacks our identity through Christ. And the author does a great job of really teaching us that. But I want to read a quote from this book. And it's in a chapter called The Ideology's Core Tenets. I'm just going to read a little excerpt right here. Social justice, like Marxism, rejects the idea of an objective, transcendent, universal morality. It asserts that human beings are autonomous 
laws unto themselves. Morality in this system doesn't vanish. As image bearers of God, a moral sense is deeply embedded in our human nature. We need a system of morality much like we need air and water. But a morality that is untethered from, the, from God is continually in flux and utterly arbitrary. At the social level, moral norms change as particular groups amass culture, power, and influence, establish dominant narratives, and drive popular opinion, and implement changes in policies and legal codes. That is kind of the writing style that he has, and he really breaks it down. You do need to read this book slowly. Read this book slowly, thoughtfully, take your time, take some notes, have a nice pen or pencil close by so you can, you, you can jot down your thoughts, maybe go back. I think that this book will be a great reference book, especially for church leaders as they kind of navigate just the, the changing culture because social justice, like, it's always changing. There's no anchor to it. And through the course of the chapters, the author quotes many Christian thinkers, C.S. Lewis being one, many secular thinkers, former politicians, Tahanisi Coates, Barack Obama, he, talks, he, he quotes a lot of those guys, but he always backs every single one of his points up with scripture. There is much scripture in this book. He confronts, and this is so important, he confronts words such as diversity, equality, equity, and he discusses our relationship to the poor, both from a social justice standpoint and a biblical standpoint. And I want to read one more excerpt for you right now. This is from the chapter, The Ideologies, Values, and Disvalues, page 105. As we've already established, ideological social justice has no place for human beings as individuals. It reduces people to avatars or mouthpieces for the groups they belong to. They are expected to think just like everyone else in their group. If you are black, you are expected to think, speak, and act like a quote-unquote black person. And the same is true for women, LGBTQ plus people, and everyone else. There is no room to celebrate individual differences of belief inside these groups. Representative Ayanna Presley, a black female U.S. congresswoman from Michigan, put words into Presus' position in comments she made at the Neat Roots Nations Conference in 2019. This is what she said. We don't need any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. We don't need black faces that don't want to be a black voice. We don't need Muslims who don't want to be a Muslim voice. We don't need queers that don't want to be a queer voice. Her point was clear. If you are brown, black, Muslim, or queer, and you don't think or speak like your group, you are not needed. Conform to the group or get out. There is no place in Presley's worldview for people to think and act as individuals. That's quite alarming. There's no freedom in that. There's no love in that. There's no equity or equality or diversity in that, which social justice acts like they're for. And the author breaks it down. He uncovers. It's almost like this author is an undercover detective. He's a super sleuth 
of what social justice is. And he exposes it and hammers it closed with the word of God. And he, conclu- he concludes the book with what our response as Christians should be and what our response as the church should be. I highly recommend this book as its primary goal is accomplished by being, bringing clarity to this somewhat clouded issue and sweet conviction from scripture imploring the church to separate from these destructive ideologies. I highly, highly recommend this book. And I'm going to read the table of contents so you know what each chapter is called. Chapter 1, Strange Justice. Chapter 2, Biblical Justice. Chapter 3, Justice Before the Judgment. Chapter 4, Justice Redefined. Chapter 5, The Ideology's Core Tenets. Chapter 6, The Ideology's Values and Disvalues. Chapter 7, Inroads into the Culture and the Church. Chapter 8, Driving Out a Bad Worldview by Offering a Better One. This book encapsulates, this book captures the heart and vision for the Courageous Truth Podcast because it equips the readers to have a biblical worldview. And that is the mission of the Courageous Truth Podcast. And I will see you Sunday as I explore my thoughts on the year away from the tragic death of George Floyd and some of my personal experiences at a George Floyd protest and my thoughts a year later. Now, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope that you are inspired to go out and purchase this book, read this book, study this book, and prayerfully consider the author's content. I will see you next time at the Courageous Truth Podcast. As always, take a courageous stand for the truth. God bless you. 